2: Welcome to the RotoWire Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings.com. I'm Shannon McDaily, according to Ken McEwen, hosting from the RotoWire HQ. And alongside me is Ken K. Train Kreitz, calling in from the Green Mountain State.
1: Hello, McDaily. I love it when you call me Big Papa. And happy Friday.
2: Happy Friday, Big Papa.
1: <laughs> the rotowire fantasy basketball podcast is available on itunes and stitcher so please subscribe review us and share us with all your uh friends on social media today we're going to go over recent news we'll give uh, an update on the rotowire keeper expert league and then dive uh, we may visit south of the border briefly discussing that game in mexico city last night and then, of course, we will dive into McDaily's DFS thoughts on tonight Friday's NBA slate of games. Which, there aren't that many games, so you're going to have to make some tough calls. Uh, hey, for future shows, if you have specific topics you'd like us to cover, send them our way via Twitter. We can go to at uh, Shannon or at uh, Ken Kreitz, uh, and uh, we'll love to answer your questions. With that, now let's hear from our sponsors. Tell you what, be part of the action all season long at DraftKings.com, the official Daily Fantasy basketball partner of Rotowire. With Daily Fantasy, you don't need to spend uh, time and money micromanaging a roster all season. Play whenever you want and pick a new team every time you play. Challenge your friends in a custom league to prove you're the superior GM or square off against basketball fans from around the country for big prizes. Go to DraftKings.com and enter promo code Roto Hoops. That's R O T O Hoops to play free for uh, new depositors. DraftKings, official partner of Rotowire.com. This isn't fantasy as usual. This is DraftKings. Welcome to the big time.
2: That was that was good. You got like ninety nine percent of the script right. Like you didn't. You <laughs> I think didn't there's st- a
1: typo or two. I had to. I had to get over there. I don't know. Let's see. That's promo code Roto Hoops ka <laughs> <laughs> I need to get a second whistle that sounds like a lightning bolt or something. ka I don't know. Ole!
2: <laughs> Ole will right. come. Yeah, Ole. Speaking of, of Ole. Yes, sir. Get into it. What, what happened? You watched the oh, game in yeah, Mexico City. let's
1: dive City. into the news. And the big news, south of the border, down in Mexico City, where unfortunately in garbage time of the game, Kings, Center, and rookie. Willie Colley-Stein, he's now going to miss four to six weeks with a dislocated finger. This game was insane, Shannon. This game was absurd. You know, I covered the Celtics for RotoWire. in addition to uh, this silliness. Uh, and the Kings clearly really did not want to leave the United States. They were treating it like it was a summer league game. They were awful. They got blown out right away. And uh, diametrically opposed to the Kings are the highly energetic Celtics. Uh, who amazingly, they are 11-1 and one in their last 12 second games of back-to-backs, which speaks to Stevens' rotations and keeping everybody motivated with fresh legs. And anyway, the Celtics just blew them out from the opening whistle. Cousins, Boogie Cousins, started the game shooting 2 of 14. Uh, Rondo picked up uh, a silly tech early, which became a problem later when he got a second technical for a reach And he then did a bizarre death march death stare towards the uh sideline official that was just so absurd he got a second tech which tossed him from the game and took like three um three kings to get him off the court though frankly i think rondo just wanted to hit the airport uh early and just get the heck out of there sooner than later uh anyway then in garbage time uh more telling for the news uh collie stein goes up to block a shot as he's wont to do and he appears to just it looks like he barely touches the rim. He just grazes the rim and he doesn't really react at first, but then he looks down at his hand and apparently it's really bloody. And he almost just runs straight off the court and was a little freaked out. Um, And, oh, Scalabrini, you know, so, so uh, of course the announcers for the Celtics, Tommy Heinsohn, who's about 120 years old, he refuses to travel to Mexico. So they send Brian Scalabrini to call the game with Mike Gordon Uh, early in the game. Scalabrini is complaining that the hotel, the Ritz there, they serve fried crickets. And he found this disturbing. He want, When they asked if he wanted fried crickets with his American nacho order, uh, which, uh, you know, nachos are not actually a Hispanic dish. That's an ugly American concoction. So Scalabrini did not know that. Anyway, so Scalabrini is complaining about the crickets. But then when Colley Stein leaves the floor with his hand bleeding, Scalabrini says to Gorman, Ooh, um, I wouldn't get that sewn up here. <laughs> As if Mexico City is just a cesspool of disease and pestilence. Uh, Gorbin just responds with like a one-minute awkward silence, and then they go back to the garbage time game. But uh, a very bizarre game. Uh, Thank you for letting me go on that excessive rant. Uh, But you, sir, the wiser and more uh, DFS-oriented of the two of us, what do you read into the Colley Stein injury and how this may affect the Kings?
2: Well, it's it's. I'm surprised he's missing four to six weeks. Um, you know, he's not a very offensive minded player at this stage of his career, nor will he probably ever be. Um so I, I realize it's a shooting hand, it's the index finger, idea. but I would think there would be if it's an open wound or anything along those lines, I don't I don't know what the uh what it, what the standard operating I mean, procedure is for, for like NBA, if a player is allowed to wear a glove or have some kind of something covering his finger, yeah. you know, I would think, I would think uh. there would be a way to play through it for a player uh, of, of his style, but I guess that's not the case. I'm surprised by it, but
1: yeah, yeah. It's, it's bizarre. It's bizarre. Are they already tanking. I mean, they look like they were tanking last night. They, they were giving a 76ers type effort last night, uh, in Mexico. Oh, Kelly Olenek also on fire. Um, So bad for the Celtics. They had four guys over 20 points, including Olenek, which they hadn't done since 2007, I think. Uh, Oh, and Olenek has a fan base in Mexico City. He (laughs) high five them during his end-of-game press conference. The camera showed, he goes, can I high-five my fans? And he runs over and high-fives the Mexican fans, who apparently love burly Canadians with new uh, hair bun hairstyles.
2: There were there were a couple. I mean, before before we get to some of the other fantasy performances. I mean, with Cully Stein him being out, it just means you're going to see the Kings run smaller lineups. Um, I mean, Cully Stein hasn't really made much of a fantasy impact yet, anyways. So you're, you're going to see Caspi get some more run. Costa Kufos Kufus, he's gonna he's getting, yeah. Um, try <laughs> saying that
1: says end by league pass early. Then Costa Kufos
2: exactly, <laughs> but he he's gonna. I mean, he's actually been. Pretty productive, uh, specifically when DeMarcus Cousins miss, misses time. But yeah. now he's he is the backup center. He's not going to be competing for minutes off the bench with Coley Stein. So... I see. I see. Kufos getting getting more time. The Kings will run smaller lineups, so you know Omer Caspi is going to get more run, and, and yeah. those are really the two Rudy guys. Gale, more Ru- power, yeah, r- exactly. Rudy Gay play more four, but it, it's Caspi and Kufos that are going to see a nice bump in value over the next four to six weeks. Um, another takeaway for me from that game was, uh, Isaiah Thomas had a monster, monster game, mm-hmm. 21 points, six rebounds, nine assists and four steals hit three, three pointers. Uh, he had over 30 fancy points at halftime. Um, he helped me win some money last night. Nice. He was just, he, it's that good. revenge game. You know, he's going up against nice. his old team. I, good point. Good I point. know it's not good analysis, but I really do believe, and I haven't done much research on this, but I really do believe in that kind of revenge game.
1: Oh, I totally believe it. It's a long, long season, and you, you know, and there are going to be games you phone in, and there are going to be <laughs> games you turn a notch you know, I think it's stupid in the NFL when there's only 16 games. It doesn't really, you know, there's all that preparation time. But in the up-and-down rollercoaster of the NBA, I'm, I agree with you 100% on a revenge games.
2: There, there, was, And I can't recall the player last week. I know there was a player I specifically selected for the regen- re- revenge game purpose, and it mm-hmm. worked out really well. And well, yeah. earlier this year, Greg Monroe, um, who, mm-hmm. who's, who's actually facing the Pistons again tonight, and we'll talk about more in a little bit, but he faced them two weeks ago, and he put up 40 fantasy points. He had a great game against them. It, it's, yeah. it's weird. You've got guys who, you know, they're used to, they've played against those players in practice a lot, they kind of know the weaknesses and strengths, and I think it helps them once they they go to a different team and they've got a matchup against the old, old teammates. Uh, you you see big games on a pretty regular basis.
1: Yeah, yeah. Agreed. Agreed. All right, well, let's dive into other news. Uh, this came out a couple of days ago. Chris Paul will miss the next couple of games for sure. That's the, the Doc Rivers quote, next couple of games for sure, which included Wednesday's ugly loss to the Pacers. Uh I that well that Clipper offense without Paul, it was like gears trying to move without any oil at all whatsoever. It was so ugly. When Blake Griffin is your best point guard, uh, and then they lost, um, they lost JJ Redick like in the first seven seconds or something uh, to an ankle issue. Oh, that offense was just painful. It makes me think I might just avoid Clippers DFS wise for you know until they figure that out or Paul comes back because it was just ugly.
2: I am not going to go that far just cuz it was only one game. We we saw last year when Chris Paul missed time and and it even happened in the playoffs. Blake Griffin was unbelievable. I mean, the guy the guy was almost averaging a triple triple double over like a 3 or 4 or 5 game stretch in the playoffs at one point. And he was I think it was like an entire series actually. He was almost averaging a triple double and it, it was it was when Chris Paul was banged up. So we we've actually seen him become kind of the the he's always the focal point of their offense but but even more so and kind of every single play running through him and the offense doing well so i he had an off game on wednesday i think we'll see him put some monster efforts up the next couple outings um and then jamal crawford's the other guy he actually had an okay game on wednesday um he's gonna get a lot of run with with chris paul out so he's a guy who i really like in dfs
1: do you remember when the Pelicans drafted Rivers and they were like, we're not sure if he's a point guard or a shooting guard? He's such a tweener. He's a shooting guard, if only because he does not get assists. 35 minutes in that Pacers game, one assist.
2: He's, Before he's that, a-
1: 25 minutes against Portland, zero assists. Before that, 16 minutes against the T-Wolves, zero assists. He is a shoot-first don't want him on my team. Guy.
2: He's not. He's definitely not a point guard. I would also say he's not a shooting guard. He's a non-shooting guard. Uh,
1: <laughs> he, what is it? We need a name for this. It's, he's not a tweener. He's a neither. He's a don't he's a neither guard. He's
2: a don't shoot guard. I. He just don't. Uh, he's bad. He's bad. He'll ha- he'll have the occasional game where he's actually he actually hits some shots and yeah. you know he'll score some points. But man, there's so many bad games in between.
1: Mm. If you're Doc, do you play your son? Or do you play Lance Stevens? Yeah,
2: I I think it's going to be his son, just by what we've I seen. Know. I mean,
1: I think you bias it by Christmas dinner. You just say, you know, I'm not going to have Christmas dinner with Lance. Fine, I'll play Austin.
2: They're both such big <laughs> boneheads. I mean, you, <laughs> either one, yeah. it, you don't. You're. It's like a, you know, it's a double edged sword. Uh, no matter I'm sure which. Sure, Josh one.
1: Smith is counseling them wisely. Mm. <laughs> do you think Paul Pierce is like maybe Washington? Maybe he should have stayed at Washington. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, he, his home is L.A., so.
2: Given the way Paul Pierce has played this year, um, he should have went home to L.A., but he should not be on a basketball court in L.A.
1: <laughs> That's true. He should be doing community service. <laughs> All right, well, let's get to more news. Uh, the Stifle Tower. Rudy Gobert has been diagnosed with a grade 2 MCL sprain in his left knee. And it's been ruled out indefinitely. They said this happened during practice. But with his underwhelming numbers, I almost wonder if something's been nagging him since the summer. Uh, anyway, roto Rotowire, we're guessing he's going to return January 1. But uh, I think that's a bit of a guess on our part because there's really no news. Uh, though certainly uh, we're just relying on the history of the usual grade 2 MCL sprain injuries to other players. Uh, what? Other than maybe making the Jazz a nicer matchup for opposing centers, do you see anyone in Utah benefiting from this? Uh, anyone DFS worthy? Shannon,
2: Derek Favors is a big one for me. I I, I think he he's seen some of his bigger games this year. Um, was when Gobert actually missed time earlier this year. And ignore if you hear some audio playing in my background, just ignore it. I'm gonna, I'm trying to mute it. It'll happen in a minute. Um, it's I like Favors a lot. He's going to get more run. He, you know, he's going to have to rebound more, play better defense. Which you know, he's going to get more block shots. He's not going to be able to rely on Gobert being behind him. Um, and Favors is a good shot blocker. But as far as who, like which bench player is going to step up and and be be better? It's tough because even last night, uh, Trevor Booker started. You know, he started at power forward. They slid Favors over to center yeah but Booker was garbage last night. it could have yeah. it could have been partly matchup based. Orlando doesn't have
1: partly lack of talent based
2: that that is definitely a factor. um Booker's capable of putting together big games. I think he'll have some, but as we saw during Thursday Night's game, he's going to be risky. I mean he played he only played fifteen minutes, two points, two rebounds, one steal, one block. Did't do a whole lot. Um, looked like the jazz really relied on their bench more. That night. I mean, not really any of the big men. Trey Lyles got 10 minutes. He didn't do anything. Uh, Je- well, Jeff, well, she talking
1: about why they play Booker when they're kind of facing the small Magic. You know, Magic are going to push the ball. They've got Tobias Harris playing power forward. You know, um, Chang Fry technically starts, but doesn't get that much minutes. You know, they got Fournier playing a lot of small forward. I don't, I, I, maybe Booker has a chance if they play a slower memphis like
2: yes yeah i agree uh, i agree with that um
1: but uh, i don't i don't understand why you say oh orlando let's ha- let's roll out trevor booker that, well, that didn't make a whole lot of sense to me he can't he can't stick with fry outside on the three-point line i i don't i don't know. Just doesn't,
2: well and that's exactly what happened i mean you ended up having uh alex burke alec burks and trey burke both played significant minutes off the bench they went Utah went with a smaller lineup for a, for large stretches of the game. Even Joel Ingles was in there for over 20 minutes. Yeah. He doesn't usually play over Human 20 minutes. Real, yeah. <laughs> so it, you're not going to see. I think you'll see Booker get more run. I wouldn't necessarily use Thursday night's game as saying as as the indication of oh, I can't use this guy in DFS for the next you know four weeks while Go Bears out. He's still going to be an option. But definitely consider the matchup before you before you just automatically play him.
1: Who's duller to watch, Costa Kufas or Joe Ingles?
2: Joe Ingles,
1: definitely. <laughs> Kufas, at least he'll bang. At least there will be some some I, shoulder bumping, some Kufas contact.
2: Costa and guys like Zaza Pachulia, like. Like these guys they don't seem exciting, but I actually do believe they're quality players. They can put up decent stats when they get the run. It's just that they're also the type of they're the type of players that if it's your team, if it's the team you root for, right you love you, them. you want well, you want them to be the backup guy who's playing ten minutes night. Right, right. You never want to come
1: him- in and kinda of pull that Wes Unsell, boxes out, never actually leaves his feet, but knows exactly where to go when his shot's put up. Put your butt on someone. And yeah, very quietly get eight, eight, eight or, nine, or eight or so rebounds.
2: Yeah, like I would much ra- as a as a Pistons fan, I would much rather have either of those two dudes than Aaron Baines be my backup center.
1: Agreed. Where yeah, where Baines he, Baines always looks like he should be waitering at Outback. Bloomin' onions, sir.
2: He'd be a tall waiter. <laughs>
1: All right. Is that a stretch? He would be, Did I just offend the entire... Uh, 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 no, uh,
2: yeah, no, Australia? no. But if, if, you're, if you're a waiter and you're that tall, you're the type of waiter who like, who crouches down, you know, like gets in the catcher's uh, position next way. to the table. Yeah.
1: yeah. Too close to your date. Yeah. yeah maybe. Of course, while you're taking a date to uh, Outback, that's not going to go well either. All right, a whole bunch of advice from us here today. Uh, last bit of news um, and some unfortunate news. Um, Marcin Gortat, the Polish hammer... Going to be out at least two games, so he can be with his ailing mom back in Poland. We certainly wish the best possible outcome for Mama Hammer. Um, what does this mean for the Wizards, les, uh, les boulets, as I like to say? Uh, and I will say, I did a little scouting live in D.C. before Thanksgiving, where Chris Humphreys had a career game.
2: Mama, Mama Hammer, I love that. My my <laughs> wife has a pink hammer, yeah. So that that when you said Mama Hammer, that's what it reminded me of. I my New father. Walmart. We new home new homeowner. My, hammer. my father-in-law was actually in town last week doing a bunch of uh, work around the house and I made him use the the pink hammer. He's very like, you know, <laughs> Southern <laughs> you boy, macho guy.
1: Then, oh, this is the only hammer we have. Exactly.
2: exactly. Um, I mean,
1: before you get into uh, the future, I gotta tell you, I did get to go, for my first time ever, to the Verizon Center. I'd been to the Cap Center many years or many times in the old days back in D.C., my first Verizon Center game. Chris Humphreys Comes into the game, you know, long career for Chris Humphreys, right? Three career threes. He hit five in this game against Orlando, including essentially the game winner. Um, he's done nothing since, so I really can't. Um it was a freak of nature game, but I really can't uh I guess I, I but I look at the other options. I Nene's hurt, so he's not gonna get the hammer's minutes. I think Humphreys is gonna get the minutes, whether he does anything with it. He's only thirty eight hundred on DraftKings. Yeah. I don't know. But what do you read into this for the Wiz?
2: So it is, it is, it's going to be Humphreys. I mean, one, he did, they did convert him to a stretch four um, yeah. during the offseason that he'd been working on it a lot. You know, anyone who watched him play in college, he, I believe, I hope I'm not making this up, but I believe he actually could like hit threes in college too. Obviously, it's a shorter three point shot in the college game, but he, if not three pointers, he could hit long jumpers because I remember seeing him knock him down. How
1: is, you know all those horrible net losses he was a part of. How how did he not learn to fling a few threes up during all those god awful nets years?
2: I just don't think it wasn't asked of him. You know, he during those years, especially when he was before he Five, got a big seven. contract. he yeah, he, yeah. he would play down low. He was expected to grab ten to twelve rebounds and just get some easy easy put back buckets they didn't call plays for him um but i do i think i think he's got a legit shot can hit threes i don't think i don't he's not gonna go out and hit five threes a game like he did against orlando but i do expect him to be able to like to be able to hit threes on a somewhat consistent basis um he's not he's not great when polish hammer's playing but with with the hammer out like you said nene i think drew goodens also hurt right now so they don't or have just a thousand years old. I yeah, can't they they don't they don't have Chris. Hum, they, they don't have anyone anyone else behind Chris Humphreys. It's going to be him, and it's,
1: it's like these those old Nets games where he was a lock for double double. All right, so you've convinced me. I, here I was thinking I was overreacting to his one game against the no, Magic, no. but there's no one else to play. If anything, the minutes will be there. He gets garbage rebounds.
2: Thirty-eight hundred. I think he is the top value play on DraftKings for Friday night.
1: But bam. So let let me etch that in stone. Sorry, let me get the tablet. Where's the podcast tablet? Oh, here it is.
2: I was gonna say we need sound effects if you're actually etching something.
1: <laughs> oh boy. I I'm I'm gonna need I need to fill this desk with various implements, sound machine. I don't know. We'll see. I'll work on that. The wife may not may not be cool with that. All right, so Chris Humphreys, heck of a discount bargain bin, especially if you're loading up on Premier Talent elsewhere. Well, with that, sir, uh, let me make a plea to our beloved podcast listeners. Podcast friends, do you subscribe to rotowire.com? If you like the advice McDaily and I are shilling out here, you'll love our website, rotowire.com. Try it for free for 10 days at rotowire.com slash pod. Features include our DraftKings Daily Fantasy Lineup Optimizer, Daily articles on who we believe are great bargain picks on DraftKings and all and and other sites. Uh, Anything else? Anything you want to point out, Shannon?
2: Oh, there's the whole site's great. No, I mean there there are multiple articles out there. I mean not just the uh, not just the optimizer either. The starting lineups feed for NBA is great. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then the value report is another good one. It helps you find those guys like Chris Humphreys, who, who's going to have a low salary and will be projected for 25 fantasy points or whatever it may be.
1: I've been enjoying our uh, versus position rankings, where each team's defense is ranked against certain positions. So you can go see, you know, as you always point out, for instance, the Lakers are worst against point guards. And you need to go right into our daily section and find that within the, the basketball information. Great tool. Great tool. All right, sir. Uh, that's that's. Uh, let's let's. Oh, it's that time. You know, I when you suggested adding this segment, I was terrified. But now I'm I'm all in favor. Let's check in with the Rodewaller Fantasy Expert League.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like our roles are reversed from last season.
1: <laughs> I, you know, I honestly. I still don't think my team's very good, but I am enjoying every minute of, of contention while I can. I, I you know, a month from now I will not be announcing the segment with as much enthusiasm. But now I'm somehow find myself in second place, four points away from James Anderson on his Nash Rules is everything team. I still think his team's light years ahead of me, but at least I've been healthy and I'm getting games, and I've got Marcus Saul turning things around, I got Rudy Gay Uh, do finally doing well in Sacramento. Uh, more importantly though, um, Kyle Lowry is still on fire. I've always loved Kyle Lowry. Uh, had him for a long time in this league, Uh, a little worried. Montielis just got hurt. Uh, A little concern there, but, uh, guys like CJ miles are producing. Kyle Corver is finally producing for me. My man, Jorge Yang. I don't think I said that right, but finally getting the minutes he deserves. And you taught me, you know, our dear we, listener, you taught me how to say that a few,
2: we went over it for like 10 minutes. Yorie? gorky gorky
1: gorky. Jang. Jang. <laughs> so I was not close. Gorky. Jang. <laughs> you know, now you know what it's like to, to be my wife. <laughs> Slowly teach me something. Two weeks later, gone. Don't remember a thing. Still screwing it up. Um, uh, that was probably very awkward.
2: Your team, your team's doing good. I'm. Uh, they are. They're doing really good. Kyle Lowry has been a beast. Um, and and he's gonna. I mean, he's slowing down. I still. I mean, we, we pointed this out a couple weeks ago. Um, James Anderson still still holding on to first place. And you know, despite us ripping him during the preseason, uh, his team is a monster, monstrous team that is just.
1: The guards. The guards uh, are just crazy. It's, it, but, it is crazy. And I give him a lot of props for getting, uh, um, his another name I almost pronounced, but uh, Clint Coppola, the uh, center who's now playing power forward. I love that pick even before they made the coaching change. And then with the change in Houston, I pointed this out in my rebound and rant, the last two columns, you know they desperately need defense. They'll put Coppola at power forward, do some rim protection, and then gets to start at center all those times when uh, Howard has to sit. So uh really jealous of that pick uh, by him um now before notice i'm not giving you any trash for being in the basement because that's exactly where you should be after winning it all last year and you wisely dumped your future talent to win it all last year which i'm sure is very gratifying can you see the trophy from where you're sitting
2: it's in my office um so no but but yeah, normally I just, I don't get any work done because I just sit there and stare at it all day you long. You should
1: w- you should wash yourself and I'll let you, I'll let you uh, pick which part of yourself, but you should wash parts of yourself in that giant bowl trophy every now and then.
2: I just fill it with warm water, usually Mountain Dew because uh, <laughs> we have,
1: <laughs> I got, we got to, we got to bit. Fill
2: it, you fill, you fill it with, re- with Mountain Dew and you can just yeah. pour it all over yourself really. I mean. <laughs>
1: We need a we need a vine, a post championship celebration vine for me to put in the rebound rant of you chugging dew or preferably champagne out of the massive bowl trophy because you never really had your celebration locker room moment, did you?
2: I refuse to celebrate six months after winning, but but next whoever it should be a tradition from now on that the champion bowl video you know record records his celebration. I'm on board with that.
1: I, I, it, on the off chance I win, and I do think Russell Westbrook is always close to injury. That that I think is my best chance of catching uh, Anderson.
2: Well, you, okay, you let's talk. Let's talk. All right, so I'm I'm at the bottom. You actually reached out to me like a week ago, one, wondering if I'm ready to start trading uh, and sell off my pieces for next year. You know, I went and looked at your team and i'm not very excited about any any of the keepers i would be able to get from you that's
1: fair my, my, my uh you know i've griped about a, a middling team is i don't necessarily have amazing talent for now they're just good talent for now and i also don't have necessarily super cheap bargains for the future i have a lot of mid-level guys playing well you know playing okay now
2: yeah it's it's tough like i my favorite guy I kind of like, I like TJ Warren. He's he's a, you've got him as a D leaguer. So, I mean, he'll have to be activated after this year. I, I um, act,
1: yeah. Yeah. I just activated him this week. That's a, that's a a good
2: eight. idea. Yeah. That was a good idea. So, I mean, he'll be three a next year. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty good contract. Um, I don't, th- I don't think it's great because you can get good, do- good guys at the end of auctions for $3, Um, who are starters, and he might not even be a starter next year. I think he's a decent guy with upside. Chris Chris Middleton and Gallinari; those are the only three guys who I have any interest in long term. Who are on your roster?
1: I understand that. I understand that. And
2: uh, I'm I'm uh, aiming for bigger fish. That
1: said, I'm I'm not letting you try. You are in last, so I'm not going to let you totally trash my squad.
2: No, I'm not trashing it. I'm just (laughs) saying it's not a good fit for what if I start selling off pieces it's there's not enough high upside guys that I would want in return. We
1: probably shouldn't, you know, you had that monster trade with Brett last year that locked up the championship for you, like in late December, uh, Shanky, you know, put up a little bit of a fight, but you, you practically won this league in December last year with a monster trade. We probably don't have room for that. We, you and I are probably dealing more of a, Oh, here's Aldridge, you know, you know, right, right. So you're not going to keep him at that money level for a, a draft pick and somebody cheap, you know, right? Um, or just just a guy that you know you're not going to keep next year, and you want something.
2: A- admittedly, James Anderson does have like the most attractive pieces for me to trade with. Um,
1: re- my chances of catching James are in the fifteen percent range. He I- needs a Westbrook injury and maybe another injury.
2: Yeah, I mean, I would I would trade I would trade him a boatload of players for like someone like Paul George, Draymond Green. I'm like these are obvious things, but he's got those guys on discount. Um yeah. I I would trade him a boatload of players for one of those guys. And I don't know if he would do it. Turn
1: your back on your podcast partner. A, snap me in the eye, man.
2: I I the odds are I would say it's like a 85% chance I trade with either the guy sitting right Right on top of you in the standings, or right below you?
1: Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thanks a
2: lot. Appreciate that. And and just so everyone knows, my team is absolutely horrible. Um, my, my going going with going with Ty Lawson, Trey Burke, Lamarcus Aldridge, Those and Myers did. Leonard as kind Those
1: of. Oh. oh my! I wasn't even gonna bring up Myers. Hey, I, he, I, he's. Know, I, think I've, I beat you up there a few times. He
2: he's just, coming off. Coming off a monster game, I haven't given up hope yet. Just did had just had his know? best game of the season. He went for he went for um, best
1: game of the tw- season is not saying much. He's had a wretched season. He
2: went for twenty three and seven. You're right. Four three pointers.
1: Come wait, on. Wait, wait, wait. My, but the last wait um, Pacers game on the third.
2: Tw- yeah, he still scored twelve points that game. It was the game before well, that.
1: Two. Yeah, two tw- threes though. Five to so- ten.
2: Over the, pa- over the past two games, though, he's averaging 17 and four and a half.
1: <laughs> there, you there you go. All right, well, very nice. Are you going to deal him? It's kind of your man crush.
2: You no, no, him- I can't. I'm not going to deal him. I'm going to deal with guys like uh, Brooke Lopez, uh, Ian- Gordon Hayward, Ian- LaMarcus Aldridge. Yeah, no. It- Ty
1: Lawson. He's I think killed you just me. Just have to hope he eventually. The Patrick Beverly being healthier does not help the Ty Lawson
2: cause. Ty Lawson owners, uh, your only savior is basically him getting traded, which I do think is a very real possibility. Oh yeah. Um, but that's that's how he basically returns to value.
1: Expiring contract. You think someone sees value in his expiring contract? And oh, definitely.
2: And it's all. I actually. I. It's not guaranteed. Um, I read somewhere that was part of his agreement um, with coming to the Rockets. is I'm not sure if it's an expiring contract this year or if it's just not guaranteed beyond this year. Um, you know, one Basically, which I guess means the exact same thing. But yeah, there's very <laughs> little risk to taking Ty Lawson on for any team that needs a point guard. And there are teams that need point guards. I actually was making the argument he'd be a good fit for the Milwaukee Bucks if they're really... They're, if they're mm. sick of MCW, they benched him earlier this week. They're sick yeah, of him yeah, if they don't if they don't true. view him as a true point guard. Ty Lawson will help spread the floor for him.
1: Mm. Interesting. And, yeah. Do they trust him as a veteran in that in that young locker room? Probably not. Probably not. All right. Well, uh, with that, let's move on. Uh, I believe this past Thanksgiving was the first Thanksgiving. In the McDaily household. And uh, Mama McDaily was uh, talking a little trash on Facebook. I, th- I believe at some point she took a, a, a picture of the larger McDaily family all napping while she had to clean up. She was something about, like, I wish I could nap, dot, 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 sad face, some young kid emoticon thing I didn't understand. Emojis, is that what they're? Eh, whatever. But uh, yeah, I, uh, how did the first Thanksgiving go in the new McDaily household?
2: It went well. Um... You know, uh, my parent-in-laws were, were in town. Um, I survived that. Uh, <laughs> at, at,
1: arrow, hammer didn't, didn't get whacked at it uh, thrown uh, at any people.
2: My, my, as I had mentioned, my, my father-in-law is a very handy, man. And yeah. he fixed, basically we just put him to work the entire time. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I would come to the road Roto- away. They were there for a week. So I would come, come into the office and get back and, you know, a bathroom room to be painted and, you know, nice. a few random things around the house would be fixed. Uh, the if TV, meet, TV was mounted.
1: Him, if I meet him, do I have to lie about a fake podcast you were doing when he was fixing something and you, you just didn't want to help? Oh, I got to do a podcast.
2: I did take I did take a day off and helped him do stuff, and I'm pretty sure he was embarrassed by like like even even my simple like painting skills. Like we're not talking about like really handy things he was
1: where like, I, oh nice work little dot com worker. How is yeah. your keyboard?
2: It was pretty embarrassing. <laughs> I am the guy who like he hung our Christmas lights. Yeah. And so next year, assuming he doesn't come hang the Christmas lights next year, yeah. I'm I'm the guy who would just pay someone to come do that.
1: <laughs> well, I'll tell you. So I am on our I'm a old, little older than McDaily and we're on our second home. The first home is where you make all the mistakes. It's where you're like, "Ooh, right. I, that was stupid. I shouldn't have done it that way." You know, and then the second home you one, you know your limitations. When it's time to hire a guy, but two, you're like by then you own a decent set of tools. You know, like this is what I can fix. This is what I cannot fix. You just do things with a lot more confidence. The first home you just screw up. Don't don't buy someone else's first home.
2: Does that apply to everything? So like even the yes. first first wife even? No.
1: <laughs> I, hey, I'm twenty two years plus on my first wife, and while I'm I don't think she's ecstatic it seems to be going okay.
2: She, she's <laughs> obviously a patient woman. Woman,
1: so. <laughs> Clearly, clearly. A lot of my friends to this day, they're still like, you know, I never figured out your marriage. Never figured that <laughs> out. <laughs> Quite a catch. How did They're always like, remind me how you got her to... I'm like, uh, boy, I have no, no good explanation. All right, on that uh, <laughs> delightful thought, let's cut to McDaley's advice for tonight's slate on DraftKings. Um, uh, knowing we might be a little pressed for time, I, I asked you to just pick one guy, a position, which you've done quite well, sir. So let's start off with uh, who you're digging at the point guard spot.
2: Okay, all right. Before uh, before we do the positional rundown, I'm just going to highlight two expensive guys that I, I I think I'm trying to get them into all my lineups. John Wall, he's at 8300. Dude on is on. Fire. He's just on fire right now. I mean, he's went for over 50 fantasy points each of his—actually, over 60 fantasy points each of his past two games. The $8,300 price mark is actually pretty good.
1: Um, couldn't cons- miss against the Cavaliers in that nice road win. Of course,
2: no, not at all.
1: Puked up a loss at home to the Lakers, which is disgusting. But uh, he,
2: he was he was not playing well before the past two games, and he, his all. price had lowered uh, considerably. But he mm-hmm. has that 50, 60-point upside. So 8300 he's at home. He's playing against Phoenix— uh, Phoenix even though
1: I think it was 63 fantasy points he had against the yeah. Cavs. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Even... yeah. He's not going to be at 8300 much longer.
2: No, he's not. And and even though Phoenix like I I consider Eric Bledsoe and Brandon Knight both to be decent on the ball defenders. Um Eric Bledsoe's probably got a better reputation on that end. But, but it doesn't matter. Phoenix has been destroyed by point guards all season. Um, they're one of the worst teams uh, against opposing point guards, so I have to play John Wall. Uh, the other guy, James Harden. It's just there's no one else that's averaging the, the same. The only guy who is putting up similar production this season on DraftKings is Westbrook. Um, yeah. Westbrook's not active on Friday.
1: And DraftKings does not punish you for Olay defense. If there was like an equivalent turnover punishment for Olay defense, I would stay away from Harden, but it doesn't matter at all.
2: Yeah, he's expensive, but he's got a great matchup against Dallas. He's averaging 58 fantasy points over his past five games. He went up against Dallas earlier this season and put up 53 fantasy points. So I love those two guys, the expensive options. Um, Now let's go go position by position. I'll just quickly... Quickly, so we run know off. you
1: love wall. Give me your two, your give me discounts you like.
2: All right, so like. Drew Holiday, we we've talked about Drew Holiday before.
1: Mm-hmm. Four, Price is cheap because of the minutes and the days off.
2: Exactly. So and he's just coming off a day off. He's only forty one hundred. Some people might be worried because Tyreek Evans is back, but Drew Holiday is returning to the starting lineup on Friday. That 4100 dollars is just you don't find very many players of his skill level for that cheap so he's risky but the ceiling's still pretty high Um, Michael Carter Williams he's 5100 he's been moving back and forth from the bench he still managed to play 30 minutes each of the past two games though Um, one of those games was actually really solid game Um, but I like him because he did well against Detroit two weeks ago he faces Detroit again so you know can he match that 35 fantasy points possibly
1: um, I like. I'll tell you. I like the holiday wall pairing. Like that a lot. All right. So in your discounts at shooting guard, sir, you got your eye on one guy.
2: Just one guy. Yeah. Wes Matthews at forty six hundred. He's a veteran. You know, he's coming back from that serious injury. It took him a while to round into shape, but I feel like he's starting to get there. Uh, he's he's coming off a thirty point thirty fantasy point outing, and he's averaged twenty four fantasy points over his past six. Uh, he's not the same Wes Matthews that we saw in Portland. He's not going to have like nights where he scores 40 fantasy points, but he can get that 25 to 30 point range. And at 4,600, that's a decent, that's a decent, decent price for that kind of production
1: production. And while we're on shooting guard, first of all, I like the Wesley Matthews suggestion. Nice. Um, while we're on shooting guard, I'm going to shamelessly plug my recent rebound and rant column. That's up, uh, because there's a lot of hysterical videos of James Harden playing just atrocious defense. Uh, also, within that same column, we need to collect uh nickname ideas for DJ Trainer. He does not care for the babyface nickname, though. I think if no other better names are suggested, babyface is what's gonna be. What was yours, Donkey Jam?
2: Yeah, well DJ DJ pointed out that DJ is actually a nickname. Um, I mean, unacceptable. And I, I I just think it's gotta be it's gotta be something DJ. DJ, right? Donkey Jam. Donkey Jam, those were the first two words that popped in my head. It's not a good one. I have no reason. You know, he doesn't look like a donkey. Um, he doesn't smell like a donkey. I actually think he's a really nice, cool guy. Yes, um, he is. But Donkey yes. Jam's just that's the first thing that popped in my head.
1: All right. Well, I think it's the front runner. We need, we need more ideas. Doria and others sent me ideas, but they didn't have the guts to put them on the column. They're like emailing to me. I'm like, no, go into the column and put them. We need, we need them all in one place. He's like, well, I don't know.
2: Yeah, I was, I was trying to be like a, <laughs> a safe for work nickname. Um, yeah so donkey (laughs) depending on how like there's definitely things i can come up with that would not be safe for work um Uh, i'm
1: sure you consider donkey junk briefly
2: oh yeah and even donkey jam like depending on how you interpret that like it could be a very dirty thing and it it probably is
1: (laughs) (laughs) It probably is i probably will have to sound effect the whistle over donkey junk and donkey jam all right. Sorry. Sorry so
2: that spe- Speaking of donkey jam, um, yeah. if you're spending big at point guard, shooting guard, like I recommend, that means you don't have money for LeBron James at small forward. And you're going to have to go with some donkey jam options at small forward. Uh, to, yeah. Teletovic in Phoenix, PJ Tucker in Phoenix, Chandler Parsons. Uh, those are the three guys. They're all $4,100 or, or lower. I'm not a huge fan of any of them. Chandler Parsons, He's starting to play about twenty five minutes. He's kind of the same boat as Wes Matthews. You know, the the rust is starting to come off. He might be able to give you a twenty five thirty points. He is risky, very risky. Same thing with PJ Tucker. I I we've we've discussed PJ Tucker in the past. I do not believe in his his talent. I don't think he should be playing heavy minutes on an NBA NBA team. But he he is, and he I think he played almost forty minutes in the I keep Suns' waiting last game. For
1: the I keep like when is T.J. Warren going to beat out P.J. Tucker? And uh, I think Tucker has some legal issues. I keep hoping that he'll. It's is it how you,
3: how you bad hope is he is gets incarcerated? He
1: legal issues, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> how bad is it that I'm like arrest P.J. Tucker?
3: <laughs> the
2: oh.
1: we are morally. This is the, well, you know, we should call this the morally vacant. The morally vacant podcast episode because between mama hammer uh the pink hammer uh and and hoping for incarceration for pj (laughs) 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 we're showing our dark side oh and the donkey jam that's yeah yeah we are we're bad people it's like the last episode of seinfeld every character is bad bad Mm. people all right but so this power forward
2: yeah and this more sons phoenix sons uh so marquise morris and Mark Markeith Morris, sorry, and, and Tyson Chandler both set out Wednesday. Uh, if they both sit out again Friday, that's why I said Toledovic and Tucker, it opens up a lot of value on the Suns. Uh, the other guy from the Suns is John Lohr. John Lohr was just a monster on Wednesday night. He had a 40-point fantasy outing. I made the mistake going with Cody Zeller over John Lohr on Wednesday and it cost me a, a, a lot of money. Still, still had a decent night.
1: That's not one you should lose sleep over.
2: No, no, I don't. I, I know I've seen both of them play enough. And also the fact that they're, Oh, I can't say that, but I, I just know they're not good at basketball. Um, right. so it was just kind of like, oh, eh, maybe, maybe one of them will have a good day. I picked the wrong one. Uh, but John Lohr, he, he, he can get some rebounds. He can. He's actually former, really good.
1: Former Badger, I think he, he, he is. A lot of play in the Madison office there. I believe you guys no, are talking John all the time. They yeah.
2: they don't really like him. They're not a big what? fan. But he's actually he's a good shooter. Um, not not like a three point shooter. He, he's one of those like. Uh, Veteran Antonio McDice shooters, you know, he's going to hit it.
1: If John Lore went to Northwestern and had had the NBA career he's having, he'd be a god for us. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's how spoiled Wisconsin fans are. Oh, I don't really care for John Lore. What do you mean? He's in the NBA, he's playing, he's a warm body. Love him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all so, right.
2: And then we mentioned Chris Humphreys. Chris Humphreys, the other big guy at Power Forward. Um, so let's move on. Let's go to center.
1: I like Humphreys a lot. And, uh, let's go to center. Absolutely. Uh, you still like Phoenix.
2: It's still, yeah. Alex Len 30, 3,800, uh, your boy Clint Capella. I believe it's Capella. If we want him to be, um, Francis Ford Coppola's son, we can go with Coppola. It's totally <laughs> your call.
1: I, I really don't know. What
2: um, gonna... <laughs> it sounds like, it sounds like Dwight Howard's going to sit out so well,
1: and something I want to point out about all your Phoenix Suns games is Las Vegas has the highest uh, over under at two twelve for that Suns uh, Wizards game. So expect a very fast pace, yes. a lot of stats, not much defense. Uh, I, so you're very wise to stick stick with uh, that game. I like. When I think
2: it, I think with with all the big men that are out. So let's say Chandler sits. You know we know Gortat's sitting. um yeah. Nene's probably sitting. I wouldn't be surprised if it kind of happens like like on Wednesday night. Alex Len did not have a good game, um, yeah. and it was kind of matchup based. Um, well, not really matchup based. I mean, Detroit does have Andre Drummond, but it just didn't work out for him because you had guys like John Lohr have big games. With I could see both of the teams going small on Friday wow. night. So you got the Wizards because they're both missing big right. men. They're, so. they're...
1: The Wizards are playing Jared Dudley at power forward with Nene hurt, and he's not a power forward. That is the quintessential small lineup move. Yep, I think um, eighteen different teams have played small with Jared Dudley. It's
2: so I'm I'm all over that that Phoenix Washington game. Um, like I said, Dwight Howard is looks like he's going to sit out. Definitely double check, but Capella would be a good option there. Uh, Greg Monroe revenge game big big outing against Detroit. Couple weeks ago, and I also like Al Horford. He's playing the Lakers. We haven't pointed out anybody playing the Lakers yet, so it's we have to say the Hawks are playing the Lakers. So Al Horford, (laughs) Paul Millsap, Jeff Teague. I love all those guys tonight. Just depends on which which more expensive options you want in your lineup.
1: You know, and Millsap for me is that quintessential. I cannot make up my mind. Fine, I'm just going to play Millsap because he's always steady. He's rock steady. He's not going to blow up, but his floor is great you will get your money's worth.
2: Millsap. They're not,
1: you're not there, any tournaments either.
2: Millsap's one of those guys who, so he's averaging right around 40 fantasy points a game. And he's at 8,300 for Friday night. Like there's not many guys. You've got like Millsap, Draymond Green, John Wall currently, you know, those are guys who average 40 fantasy points, which will only be, they only average like five fantasy points less than LeBron James, but they cost $2,000 less than him. So they're actually real. I I really love all of those guys in that that eight thousand dollar range that have the capability of putting up forty, fifty fancy points.
1: Yeah, the mid tier guys. Well, I think once again, despite the moral issues, the moral corruptness of this episode, uh, you've offered uh, so lots of wonderful gems for our, our dear listeners, Shannon. Good job, Mister McDaily. Uh, and you know what? With that, let's close. We want to thank you for listening to the Rotowire Wire. Fantasy Basketball Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings.com. McDaly, do you have any closing thoughts?
2: No, I just want you to get to this Dennis Rodman quote, because it is awesome.
1: (laughs) Yes, let's close with words from former Detroit Pistons bad boy, Dennis Rodman, who said, quote, 50% of life in the NBA is sex. The other 50% is money. Adios, amigos